What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be analyzing the UFC 277 pay-per-view going down, headlined by the two title fights, Moreno versus Kaikara France, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes, both fights rematches, and we're coming off some back-to-back good weeks. Um, and uh, how are we doing this week, Ozzy? Hell yeah, hell yeah. We got some more mild weather hit in New York. I'm a little congested, little if, feeling a little under the weather, but uh, two good weeks. Um, Joe Bodybags Pfeiffer uh, shipped it for the boys uh, last night as well. But uh, but yeah, carrying that momentum. I said that I was feeling good. Um, you know, I think we were mentioning, you know, a little downturn and I was like, hey, you know, we're staying on it um, and, you know, keeping, you know, continuing to look at, uh, you know, every fight, every fight card. Um, and, you know, the, the last two weeks have definitely been fruitful. I've been warming up to this card in a few spots, you know, as we've been going on. So I'm I'm looking forward to it for the most part. Overall, I think they've balanced it out with enough intrigue for me overall throughout. And, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into all, all um, 13 fights this week. Yeah, and uh, how did you do last week? What was your recap? Uh, just over seven units up. Uh, basically, only lost on the Claudio Silva fight, which had that at 230. You know, I think that closed like maybe 160, 170. So, all right, but, you know, he took him down and, you know, seven minutes he was dominating and then he couldn't close the show. And then I trusted Alexander Gustafson. So that, that wasn't a, that wasn't a good bet, but everything else really, really good. You know, Curtis blades, money line inside the distance, Jack Hermanson, best bet of the week, Jonathan Pierce, you know, pounced on that uh, minus minus one forty. Um, And then also that Leonardo fight that I mentioned, you know, was definitely going to go over, go the distance, you know, never even a doubt, never even a sweat. And uh, I think you had a pretty, uh, pretty clean weekend as well. Right. Yeah, 4.74 units for me on a lot of the same sides. Pierce, Jack, Blades. Uh, you know, we'll take that Blades win all day. I don't know if I don't know if I'm like a sick fuck or something like that, but the second he hurt his leg, I was like, let's go. Like uh, cash that ticket. You know, give, pretty... Go ahead, my bad. I, I mean I didn't give a fuck about the the missing the fight or I mean uh, sorry Tom Aspinall, but I didn't even really care that much about the injury. I was just happy to have the fight over with and the, the bet won, you know, that's how betting is. Yeah, I would have been down to see it play out a little bit, but I was, I was even with the fifteen seconds, albeit, I was, I felt pretty good. Like, even, I mean, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to say, but I hindsight just felt, favorite. He's the hindsight favorite for sure. Yeah, and I, I think I mentioned, I'm like, yo, I think Aspinall's gonna come out, you know, swinging, but the guy throws like two naked leg kicks. Eventually, he was gonna throw one of those leg kicks, and Curtis Blaze is gonna just tackle him and spear him. Um, and I just think that he was definitely gonna win the fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't really, you know, I got no qualms about fucking winning like that. You know, I had a huge bet on on Chris Weidman at great numbers when he fucking broke his leg against Uriah Hall. So it is what it is, man. Like, you know, hopefully with these injuries, you know, I feel bad for people that were on Ortega and then Aspinall two weekends in a row. <laughs> Right, that's pretty shitty. But Aspinall was a shit bet, dude. Like you're betting that minus one thirty, minus one forty. I just think that's a terrible bet. And yeah, I feel bad for those people. You know, you hope to the injuries are kind of just like even out over the course of um your betting career. But yeah, those are the those are the pitfalls. And if you're on plus money more often, you know, it kind of hurts a little bit less to get hit with some of those uh, freak injuries. Yeah, I mean, uh, anybody betting this week, I mean, if you're betting Nunes in the main event, she might, you know, snap her ankle or something like that and roll over third week in a row of the favorite going down with an injury in the main event. So tread lightly there. Uh, Last thing we'll say is, uh, I mean, it's really just Molly McCann and Patty Pimble's world, and we're all just living in it. I mean, that card fucking sucked, except for those two. I mean, those two single-handedly saved the show 
from i mean how many boring decisions did we have in that card and somehow it still turned out all right just because of those two and uh you know we were that able to uh, that fight card sucked dick it did it did but you know patty the baddies is the real deal and this guy's gonna be uh we're gonna be talking about him for a long time so um enough, i kind of wish about- I, I kind of wish i listened to you more on that and just bet some more inside the distance but i mean you could see levitt dude was very tired like even after that first round and he was gonna get finished like it was just a matter of time so yeah I mean, you just saw the, the, you just saw like any time Patty had success, he was like kind of close to finishing. And there's just such a big finishing disparity there. But um, that's enough about last week, right? Let's get into these fights. Thirteen fights, um, some pretty shitty prelims, a decent main card. But let's get into these fights. Welterweight division: Orion Kasi taking on Blood Diamond here. The odds for this one are minus one eighty five. Kasi Blood Diamond plus one sixty. So uh, I'll start this one off, and and I, I'm labeling Blood Diamond a role player. I don't think this guy is completely a real fighter. I think uh, he definitely got into the UFC on like a favor from uh, Adesanya, considering they kind of come from the same camp. And this guy just is is not ready to be in the UFC yet. I mean, we saw uh, glimpses of of how bad he is versus Jeremiah Wells. Tough test for his UFC debut, but I mean, I truly believe this guy just isn't up to par with these UFC standards. And I mean. Uh, Orion Kasi isn't a whole lot better, but I mean, his win on the contender series against Mac Dixon was actually a pretty good performance. And I think this guy uh, has a solid skill set. Um, he's a definitely a good athlete, solid wrestler. And I just think he's better everywhere, more experienced, more committed to MMA. And uh, I think he honestly is capable of covering this price tag, even though this is kind of a low level fight. I honestly think anything under two to one for Kasi is value. So um, anybody who got in on those early prices, I think it's a good bet. And I think Kasi probably covers on his way to a win here. Yeah, I mean, Blood Diamond, you know, I, the guy's just not good. Like, you know, he he showed nothing in that uh, Wells fight. His ground game was non-existent, immediate mount. And, you know, he he held on to the gloves. He held on to the hands, fought him a little bit. But he showed absolutely nothing in that fight. Even in the kickboxing fights that I saw of his, um, he didn't look very good to me. Like, even if these guys are striking at range, I honestly think that Kossi would probably be still be Blood Diamond. This guy's 34 years old, um, has four MMA fights. And, uh, I mean, he even rear, he fought a fight that he rear naked choked the guy. So, you know, that other guy must have been fucking terrible. Um, so yeah, Ryan Kossi, if you look at that fight on the contender series again, against Dixon, Dixon is not the best, but he does have a decent pedigree behind him. You know, they, there was a contentious fight a bit. Kossi had the gas to turn it on in the third round, showed a decent ground game to me, um, you know, and kind of like just moving through positions, especially in that third round against Rowe. He got to stagnate a little bit in the clinch and, um, you know, kind of focusing on taking Phil Rowe down. But, you know, obviously Phil Rowe, he he's a competent. He's much he's like a better version of Blood Diamond, I guess. Like he's just a much more competent grappler, trains with real guys, has been in the gym, you know, plenty, has some experience, has, you know, uh, knows how he has to win fights as well in an organization like the UFC. And he was able to weather the storm, you know, stall out uh, Kasi as Kasi was going for those takedowns and then eventually just turn up the pace uh, with the with the hands and, you know, has big, you know, has big power as well. You know, when he is uh, when he is throwing and connecting. So I like Kosi here. Um, you know, I wouldn't fault anybody for 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 playing him. Obviously, it could be, you know, it's very, very popular side, but I don't really think that matters all that much. Like and uh, and yeah, you know, I don't people are some people are playing the over. 
I kind of just rather like, you know, maybe lean that Kasi side if you're on a little small bet, you know, to start off the night, I think it's solid. But I definitely wouldn't build like tons of parlays with the guy because, you know, I just think he's just not high level enough to do that. But uh, but I do think he's going to pick up his uh, first UFC win here. Yeah, the over is interesting. I feel like I kind of will go over. I think I see like a 2-3 finish for Kasi here. So maybe check out those props. And uh, that's enough about that one. Light heavyweight division next. Nick Nergomanu taking on Ihor Potera, take, making his UFC debut. Odds for this one. A lot of recent movement here. Nergomanu minus 119. Poteria minus 101. And I'm talking a lot of movement here. I mean, in the past 24 hours, this line has flipped. And uh, evidently, I bet the line 24 hours ago. You know, there could be a correlation going on with that. Um, but uh, I'll pass it over to you, Ozzy. What are you thinking about this light heavyweight fight? Yeah, so first off, the line movement, the recent line movement, like the one today from like plus 105 to favorite, there's like some tout that bet that 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 uh released, you know, uh what's his name, Nicole, and uh and made the line, you know, move a little bit. It moved like Is I me? you know, I was talking about no, you're not a tout. Um, but I mentioned this on spaces the other day. I was like, hey, look, this is a minus 125 plus 105. Like this could go flip at whenever they, they want it to. It's like doesn't take a lot of money. But yeah, this guy, you know, but I mean, real, real better. You bet this a little bit better plus money. But anyway, let me get into the fight. There's no way I'm betting Nicole at Juice at plus 105 at plus 110. None of those numbers. I mean, the guy sucks. He's a walking punching bag. Uh, the way he's going to win this fight is he's going to look to clinch. Um, you know, the only legit wins he has in the UFC, what, he hit Ike in the back of the head. He lost to Kmore. Like, how the fuck did he get that oh, decision no, win over Kmore? No, that motherfucker lost that he fight. All three rounds. And he definitely lost to Kennedy. No, 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 no. He definitely did not win all three rounds. And he lost to Kennedy as well. So, I mean, the guy's not that good. You know, obviously, he has, you know, some experience. He has, you know, four fights under his belt. But like I said, walking punching bag, his main strikes on the feet, like you see him coming from a mile away. He chips away with leg kicks. I mean, look at his striking defense, dude. You know I'm not a stat guy. 38%. Look at his accuracy. 39%. This guy's, you know, doesn't defend punches, doesn't land punches. And Ehor, I mean, the talk of the town has been his record and all this shit. Look, the, if you're trying to compare this guy to the... What's his name? Morozov? Mor- Whoever the guy, Mortarov, the, the fucking yeah. Ukrainian guy. There's no way these guys are even in the same galaxy. Because, I mean, I watched Eagle, Ihor before his contender fight. And I ended up betting him. He was like plus like 295, 300, something like that. And, I mean, the guy looks solid in that fight. Like, you know, uh, the, the Polish guy, he kind of like was gr- trying to grind him a little bit. But Ihor, you know, he landed to the body, to you know, to the legs at distance. He landed a few clinch strikes. And he has that ability to like... Um, like the in-between areas, like you saw that, like the knockout, how the knockout manifested when the other guy kind of like takes a break and then he's just on his ass, you know, throwing blitzing shots. I feel like that's what Negra Mariano does uh, oftentimes as well. And you saw that in the uh, Kennedy fight when Kennedy just was, you know, like, I'm just not going to stop and just I'm going to hit this guy as he exits or, or, or stops punching. I think that's very live to happen in this fight, but I'm not going to have any action on this unless it gets to like plus 120 on Ihor, then I'm interested. But other than that, this is a pass fight. Plus 115, plus 120, I'm interested. But um, if I was on bet Nicole, like, I'll get, take him by decision. Like, I don't really think he's finishing Ihor. Ihor's kind of a weasel. He has, like, some ground game as well. He's not, like, a noob on the ground. And, I mean, look at Negra Mariano, bro. His 
ground game is terrible. And then look at his regional tape or his regional fights. He's winning all of these fights by submission. How the fuck is he submitting guys on the regional scene with you with the ground game you've seen from the, this guy or lack thereof and the lack lack of takedowns as well? Like he got wrestle fucked by that guy uh, Sakharov. And he's terrible as well. Hey, Saffron's so, a good fighter. I, I won't tolerate any more Nergamana no. slander. I got to. I got to. No, yeah, and now, yeah. Go ahead, jump. All in. right. So listen, Nergamano isn't good. Sure, he eats punches, but he is durable. You got to admit, this guy does seem like he has a block head. And I mean, the range of how good to bad Ihor can be is huge. I mean, up until his, up until his like. 18th or 19th pro fight two years ago he was still fighting fake fights fights against owen oh owen three owen four owen two fighters literally four fights in a row where he fought where the, his opponents didn't have a win so this guy's you know record is clearly extremely padded and his past three fights i mean he looked bad and you know he looked bad in the, the two for sure against the georgie guys and then uh on the contender series he looked all right i mean he it was a nice knockout but, I mean, Nergamano, we've seen him in the UFC for almost an hour. I mean, we've seen him against, you know, some of, some of the, the, the lower to mid-level competition in the UFC. So we have, like, a decent idea of where he's at. And I just feel like he's we, – we know what we're getting a lot more with Nergamano than we do with Ihor. Um, so, I mean, I think that I think that I got to take Nick at plus money. I mean, I got in at, right at the right time. Uh, plus 114 is what I believe I got. Um, not a huge bet, just one and a quarter unit. And uh, I'm just taking the guy with more UFC experience. Uh, I think probably a little more ways to win and just more proven to me, honestly, too. Um, so it doesn't feel great betting against the Ukrainian. I've got to admit that for sure. But um, that'll take us to the next fight. Women's Bantamweight division, ji Kim taking on Jocelyn Edwards here. And this line is pretty close as well. Jocelyn Edwards minus 115, ji Kim minus 105. Kim getting a lot of action this fight week. She was plus 120 uh, at the start of the week, you know, right when last week's card ended. And then people started betting Kim at plus money. And, I mean, I get it. I, I She's the much uh, more experienced in the UFC. Uh, I think she's the cleaner striker. But... Uh, she is moving up in weight here. I think that's a big factor to consider, considering uh, Edwards is moving down from 145. She's made 135 a few times before, but Kim moving up to 135 for, I believe, what might be the first time in her UFC career. Actually, some of her early, early fights. Yeah, the early, early fights were at, uh, at Bantamweight against uh, Pudilova, but, you know, she lost that fight. Um and I don't know. I feel, feel like the weight the weight is going to be a disadvantage for Kim because she doesn't hit hard at all at 125. I don't see the power transferring too well up to 135. And, you know, Edwards at pure striking, she's not, you know, dreadful. That's definitely her best area. And, uh, you know, we also, we also saw Edwards stuff some takedowns in her last fight. Maybe she's been working on her wrestling after getting out-wrestled by uh, Rose Clark. Uh, but, you know, she lost to Rose Clark dominantly, guys. You you got to remember that not that long ago, Edwards dominantly lost to Rose Clark, who we, we've seen look absolutely dreadful lately. So that that'll, uh, loss has aged terribly. Um, but Kim has also probably deserved to beat her past two opponents, McCann and Cachoeira, but just kind of let those fights slip through her fingers because uh, she's just not the great ra greatest round winner, and these decisions don't go her way most of the time. So I, I think I understand the bets on, on Kim plus money, but I just feel like people are going to get let down here. I feel like it's going to be a, you know, a close decision, and I don't see enough of an edge to, to gamble on this fight, even at that small plus money. So I'll pass it over to you, Ozzy. 
Yeah, I shipped Kim plus 120. Like, I mean, Austin Edwards is horrible. And you could talk about the weight, the any, doesn't matter, dude, because Jocelyn Edwards, when has she ever looked good in any fight? Like, ever. Like, she was, you know, going crazy against uh, Wu, and Wu had this woman mounted. And she's like, spent, she spent probably more of her career in bottom mount under Rosa and uh, Jessica Rose Clark than she's ever had like dominant positions, you know, herself. Like, she's lost to Sarah Alpar on the regional scene. And I mean, I don't think the weight is an issue at all. Like, Kim's going to be much faster than this woman. Um, if you look at that Pasquale fight, I mean, this girl, all her strikes are wide-ass hooks. Like, she goes, like, 22 for, like, 90 in head strikes. And all she throws is lead-like push kicks. And Pasquale, she's got, you know, a six-inch reach disadvantage there. Even then, she still stuns this woman in the end of the first round and almost still wins the fight as well. And that woman is horrid as a fighter overall. But, you know, uh, Edwards, her only strike there, she's throwing push kicks in the knee. She clearly did not want to fight her. Um, you know, Kim's going to have some reach advantage here. She's got great straight punches. I mean, look at her two fights against McCann and uh, Cachuera. She throws like 150 strikes in both of those fights in the third round alone. Um, and if Edwards is forced to strike with her, I just think Kim's going to be able to land easily on her face. Um, you know, like, I don't even think it's a question. Like, you know, Edwards, like, shies away from punches. She runs away. Like, what is she going to do? Like, what effective offense has she, this woman ever put together? Like, is she going to take Kim down? I doubt it. You know, Kim's, like, you know, ch changed up the, the, the camp as well. She's training, uh, uh, out in Thailand as opposed to training with John Wood, which I think is a big confidence increase. Um, I don't think that uh, Edwards is going to be able to throw those kicks. Kim's pretty good at countering kicks with her right hand. Uh, if you see in that Gras Grasso fight, she did that a pl plenty of times. She goes to the body, way better cardio, wears damage pretty well. Like The only time Quechuera really had success is when she just went nuts in the third round and just started hitting her with clinch strikes and just, you know, walking through her uh, power. But that's not going to happen here. Like, this woman got rocked by, you know, Jessica Rose Clark, or not Jessica Rose Clark, Pasquale. She got, you know, held down easily by Jessica Rose Clark. And, I mean, and then she just had a fight, you know, six weeks ago where she took some damage. Like, I mean, not a lot of damage, but then she needs to cut weight as well now to down to this 135 weight class. I hate Jocelyn Edwards. I think Kim's a great bet. You see that line flipping now to to pick them. You know, I think I think there's still value. You know, I pick them minus 105. I think there's still value on Kim. Um, like you said, I think if she ha if she has any of those either of those last two fights were wins, I think that you know this is an easy you know favorite Kim spot. I got her as a favorite, like Capper as a favorite. Um, big cage as well. I think she's gonna be able to jab this bitch's face off. So give me Kim, and uh, I will also be investing in Kim uh, by decision. Plus one uh, seven. Yeah, good point about her training in Thailand. I remember seeing that she was training with the Hickman brothers before uh, the Agapova fight got canceled, and she was working on a wrestling there. Um, but I think she would. Also, that was just horrible. She'd be dude. wise Come to on. to abandon that wrestling and just strike here. Um, but uh, also, Kim trains with Ramona. I'm seeing that's that's a, maybe a decent <laughs> sign. Edwards, Edwards is strong though, man. I mean, she's she's a where strong where in her legs, bro. In her legs, Very I'm looking strong. at videos of her lifting right now. Jiggly. I'm, I'm 
the jiggle. No, no, no. She has no fight skills, dude. She has Check no your DMs, right? I'm sending you a video of her squatting right now. She looks all right. Send me shit, dude. All right, next, next fight, shit. Michael Morales taking on Adam uh, Fugget. Is that how you say it? Fugget? Um, and the odds for this one are... Morales minus 650, Fugget plus 425. I'm going to be honest, I didn't look into this one that much. Um, but considering how inexperienced uh, Morales is, I don't think you can be trusting him at minus 600 here. So it's it's dogger pass from the money line, uh, and that's really all I have to say. Uh, did you look into this one at all, Ozzy? Yeah, bit. I mean, I know Fugget a little bit. Like, he knocked out that dude, uh, uh, Solomon, who um, is from the Northeast up here. So it's disappointing for me to see that. But um, yeah, fuck it. I mean, he's overall kind of, you know, not saying he's solid, but he's he's competent. He's not the worst, you know, signee, you know, like, you know, short notice uh, guy that they've ever signed. He's a southpaw as well, which I doubt. Um, I doubt Morales has fought many southpaws, but I just think the wrestling of uh, Morales is going to be able to uh, to make the difference in this fight. If it does get any kind of hairy, which I don't really think it will. But I could see Miles, you know, being a little uh, anxious, you know, a sold-out crowd there, you know, in Texas. Like a little maybe antsy, but I think he'll he'll win this fight. Um, I think he will go to the wrestling at some point. Um, fuck it. I think we'll be able to avoid some shots early, you know, in terms of the striking. Um, I'm kind of looking at that over one and a half at a minus 105. Just because even if he does get these takedowns, like, I feel like fuck it will be... He'll he'll offer some jujitsu on the ground to um, slow down Morales and where he's not going to uh, just walk into an easy finish on the ground. And if there's not a easy path for finish on the ground, I kind of just think that it could go over and, you know, it, it ends up being uh, Morales kind of wearing him out a little bit later on and, and finishing with uh, finishing with strikes. Um, and I don't really think he's that huge of a power striker on the feet. So I lean toward that over. That's probably the only side I would bet, um, you know, here. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Morales. I like my Latino boys to, uh, to do well. Yeah, I agree. Over, I mean, whenever these guys come in on short notice, I feel like they just go over. I mean, uh, I feel like the opponent's kind of, you know, Morales is going to be a little cautious, and uh, it'll probably go over. So uh, enough about that one. Um, lightweight division next, Dracar Close, Hoffa Garcia. Fun matchup here. Close minus two ten Garcia plus one eighty. Ozzy, your turn to start this one out. I'm quite intrigued in this fight. I mean, you know, I think the narrative is that um close is like a better version of Hoffa Garcia, which some people will try to tell you, but some of these people, like I said, they don't know how to profile fighters at all, so you should not listen to them. Um but if you look at Dakar Close's career, like it's been three years since he's gone a hard three rounds. Um, even in some of these fights, like they're super competitive. Like the um, what's it called? The uh, Yagos fight, very competitive. The the Casey fight, competitive. The um, um, uh, the Benny fight, the Bobby Green, all the fights, very competitive. Even the fucking Brandon Jenkins fight, like Brandon Jenkins getting his eyes well, obviously he's getting bombed on. But there are moments in there where, like you saw that um, Close had to let let off the gas just because he was just wailing away on him uh, way too hard and what i do like about hafa garcia is he's very composed he comes from a good camp he you know i think people question his cardio but i think his cardio is actually fine um and i like his grappling here against uh dakar close yes it's probably going to be a little difficult to uh hold down dakar close but if you can just move a little bit and kind of avoid the overwhelming nature 
of like how this guy strikes, I think it's easy to be very competitive with him. And if you're giving me, I mean, I took some plus 190, uh, you know, today, actually earlier today. Um, it's kind of moving a little bit, but there's some plus 180s. So they're 185. Um, I think that, you know, Hoff Garcia is a pretty solid underdog bet here. You know, even though, uh, you know, close throws the calf kick, but he's just like a, such a generic fighter that, you know, kind of gets by on, you know, overwhelming his opponents, having some kind of grappling advantage, which I'm not sure he will have here necessarily. And I just foresee this being a potentially very close fight where, um, where Hoff Garcia could be extremely competitive in all areas, all facets. And uh, and be able to turn up and, and show a fight to Dakar that he has not seen in over three years. You know, this guy's not going to gas like, you know, Yagos, you know, did. And, I mean, the Bobby Green fight, that was kind of weird. Like, I thought Bobby Green won that fight. I'm not sure. Like, maybe I got to watch it again. But when I watched it, I was kind of like, eh. Like, I thought Bobby, Bobby won. He but... for sure won. I cut you. What happened? And, uh. Nothing on. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, oh, no worries. But uh, but yeah, that's my take on it. I like uh, Hafa Garcia here. I think he uh, I think he'll show up here. You know, and I can see this going to a split decision, honestly. So I'm not a split decision kind of better, but I I could see that happening here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think there might have been like a 10 second uh, break in audio there. Hopefully nothing happened. But um, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with with most of that sentiment. I mean, yeah, close. I mean, uh. He had obviously the neck injury with uh, Jeremy Stevens, wh whatever that was all about, and he he said it's a lingering injury, and I mean it's it's still a, uh, an issue, and um, I think I think he looked fine against uh, Jenkins, but I mean he was just so uncharacteristically aggressive in that fight because he knew he was fighting a low tier fighter, and he just isn't going to fight that way uh, very often here. He's going to have to be a lot more measured. And I mean, Garcia is just a, a solid fighter everywhere. I've underestimated this guy a few times. And I mean, he's, he's a solid boxer. He's tough. He, he's a good wrestler and he's got cardio for days. I mean, that's what probably his best attribute is how, how uh, good cardio he has. And he, he's tough. And I mean, he's even working on his, his ground game a little bit more. I think he's had trouble securing that position after getting takedowns, but that wasn't a problem at all in his last fight against Ronson. Um, so, I mean, I think this fight is just super competitive everywhere. I think Hoppe has potential to win uh, the, the wrestling exchanges. Uh, the striking probably won't go his way early, but as the fight goes on in the second half of the fight, that cardio advantage might uh, come into play here. And I just think uh, Garcia will fight for your money, man. I mean, uh, he's uh, there's a, a lot of good uh, Mexican fighters on this card, and I think that, you know, the, the spirit will be flying with them. There's actually only two. Um, but, yeah, anyway. I still think it'll be a good night for the Mexican fighters on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, Garcia plus 180, you know, good bet. Um, enough about that one. Highly anticipated heavyweight fight. A lot of chatter about this one this week. Dante Mays, Hamdi, Abdella Wahab. We're just calling him Hamdi. And Mays is the favorite here, minus 190. Hamdi plus 165. So this line originally opened with Hamdi as the favorite. I mean, some random guy making his UFC debut on short notice with three pro fights all in the past year, I believe, and uh, a pretty, you know, spotty amateur background is somehow as the favorite over Dante Mays um, with, you know, over an hour in the UFC cage, I think. Um, not an hour, not quite an hour, but but almost. You guys hear me mentioning that a lot, but I mean, we, I, 
that's just kind of my style. I like I like relying on the UFC fighters that we've seen, uh, you know, fight different levels of competition in the UFC before, rather than this short notice guy who's just coming out of nowhere. One thing you got to know about this Hamdi guy is he trains at just, a, you know, an ordinary gym in North Jersey, like an ordinary uh, gym where people just most of their clientele is are casual hobby trainers uh, or people training. There's not really any pro fighters coming out of this gym. So that that's a pretty big red flag and just the lack of experience this guy has um is very glaring i mean he seems like a a, a solid wrestler i would say you know maybe slightly above average wrestler but his, his striking is real wild he just kind of swings hooks on the feet and he's fought nobody and Dante Mays has been in there with you know uh you know some decent fighters obviously Ciro gone um and we've seen him uh, look good in his past two fights i believe um, the, the Parisian fight, uh, particularly I thought was a good performance. I mean, Parisian, so, you know, he's a, he's a mid-tier UFC heavyweight and Dante Mays dominated him, uh, in that fight. And, uh, also Parisian is kind of a grappler, right? I mean, he's kind of a similar analog to Hamdi and Mays absolutely dominated that fight. I really don't recall any, any adversity for Mays there. So, uh, I mean, I think Mays is, is easily the side here. That's why he took so much steam. I got in early at minus 136. actually not that early. Uh, people got in even earlier than that. Uh, but I mean, I think he's approaching, you know, near accurate price. I mean, I think he easily should be two to one here. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's, he's worth laying the chalk. It's probably not worth it at this point, but, uh, I think the maze train is in effect this week. Uh, and I, I'm trusting him with my money. What about you, Ozzy? Yeah. So, I mean, the only things I like about Hamdi is I think he trains or he lives in New York or some shit like that. And he's a 93 baby. But other than that, I mean, this is just too much for him. Like this is uh, not the right fight for him to come into his UFC career. Like, first of all, he was in the Olympics. Sure. Lost his first match kind of easily, like was much, uh, much lower uh, in weight. You know, he's like 40 pounds heavier than, uh, than he was back then. Kind of fat, kind of pudgy. He probably has to cut a little weight. Excuse me. He probably has to cut a little weight uh, to make uh, 265. You know, he's got some power that he could throw, but the thing is, like, Mays has not shown a bad chin. And, like, the odds of him, to me, landing multiple consecutive big strikes on Mays is just not, is, I don't see it at all. Um, so he's going to have to get his grind on with the wrestling and take Mays down. And could it happen? For sure. It's heavyweight. Mays is not the most, you know, high IQ guy. Uh, he got taken down by um, Nascimento as well. But the main thing here for me is, like, the gas tank. Like, Hamdi, he's got to fight in this big cage as well. He's got an 8-inch reach disadvantage. Maze is pretty fleet of foot overall, so he's going to have to cover tons of distance. Like, Maze has been working on this grappling. You know, he's shown improvements in the last uh, two years um, coming into this fight. And I just feel he's going to be able to pick at Hamdi, front kicks, leg kicks, jabs, you know, he's in a, he, he's pretty competent everywhere. Like, the guy's a good athlete, and he's not bad skill-wise. And in in uh, opposite of Hamdi, like you said, his training situation, um, you know, Maze is at Jackson Wink, where they do have plenty of uh, heavyweights, like a good number of pro- professional heavyweights, both uh, in Bellator and the, I think maybe a few in the UFC as well. So, I mean, he's, got, he's getting good work in. He's pretty solid, I think. Um, and I think he's going to be able to pick at Hamdi, you know, uh, not get hit with the big shot, probably wear him down and maybe, you know, in route to a round two or round three finish. So I got some, some maze 
a good deal of Mays, minus 125, 136, 140. Uh, you know, I think I'll probably top that off a little bit with some ITD or round two, round three. But I just think this Hamdi dude is very, very likely to gas out, maybe get hit with some body shots here that uh, that rattle him a little bit. You know, big, big crowd here as well. He's going to be looking, he's going to be swinging hammers. And he's like, in that Dustin Clements fight, I just thought that he looked terrible for the most part. Like some people are like, oh, it's all right. It's not a, bro, this Dustin Clements dude is, I mean, that guy's a role player as well. And, uh, and yeah, Maze is just too strong. I think it's going to be just, any offense that uh, Hamdi is able to uh, put together, I just think it's going to take so much out of him. You know, he's short notice as well that uh, I like Mays here. Maybe people could bet the over. I don't know. I'm not getting involved with that, but I like Mays and inside the distance for Mays as well. That's going to take us to the next fight. Lightweight division, Drew Dober taking on Rafael Alves here. And Dober minus 184, Alves plus 159. Good amount of Alves action this week. He was over 2-1 to one earlier this week, so pretty popular underdog. Uh, you agree with the steam here, or are you going uh, against the market on Dober here, Ozzy? I understand, you know, people, you know, wanting to take this shot on Alves. You know, a few guys that I, uh, you know, frequent with, you know, we, we, we talk from time to time. They're taking the Alves shot at plus 195. You know, it's been moving down, uh, you know, since then. Personally, I'm waiting on a good Drew Dober line. I just think that, you know, Alves, yeah, is the guy dangerous? For sure, 100%. But he has no process in in in, in reality um, for striking uh, in, in, in the striking realm. And then on the ground, he still has no fucking process. Like, he's diving on necks, diving on chokes. But just not high percentage stuff. I think it's going to be hard for him to actually get Drew Dober to the ground. And, I mean, Dober's really good with the pressure on the feet. He uh, throws a diverse set of strikes as well. You know, he'll throw some elbows in the clinch. He'll throw some knees. You know, that that kick kicks the body, kicks the legs. You know, he's got a great right hook and a left overhand as well. So, you know, I'm liking Dober here uh, by KO or, you know, inside distance. You, you, you have your choice. Maybe you can play the under here, minus 160. But I just feel Dober. Sammy me look, I think, similar to that uh, Alex Hernandez fight at some point. I think it'll devolve into that where, you know, Alves is just circling, you know, running away from him, circling, getting away from him. And, you know, uh, Dober's just on the front foot and kind of chopping him down and, you know, getting to him. Uh, Dober's got some pretty – his takedown defense not that bad. He's got good hips. He's strong. And Alves, he's just not a persistent wrestler. He's not the kind of guy where he will continue to chase a takedown and uh, solidify a top position. So what could happen is, like, Dober, you know, sprawls on a takedown and, you know, uh, he gives up on it, uh, Alves, that is, and then he ch tries to chase the neck. But, you know, the only time, like, he's been finished a tons of times as well. Like, Wagner Hosho, who's not a striker, like, debilitated, broke this guy's leg almost. Um, he's been finishing just tons of his losses. The only person that didn't finish him was Demir, that decision fucking rat. And, uh, and yeah, so I like Dober here. I think he picks up a finish. So I'm I'm waiting, though. I, I think people people are going to keep uh, betting on Alves. Um, so I'll be careful laying the juice. But, yeah, I'm going to definitely have some uh, KO line for, uh, for Drew Dober here. I think it's a pretty weird fight because I don't quite know what to make of Alves. I mean, his his UFC career has been, you know, pretty confusing so far. 
Uh, the Contender Series fight was a decent look from him, but just not much happened in that fight before he found the finish. The Namir fight was, uh, was obviously extremely boring. He had that initial success with that little knockdown, and then the rest of the fight just got controlled. And then the Alva, the DKC fight was just so quick, just snatching that neck. I think he hurt him with a shot on the feet before snatching that neck, but he seems like a pretty dynamic finisher. Seems dyna uh, uh, or, um, He seems like a fast starter as well. So I feel like this might be a Dober live situation, kind of similar to his last spot. Obviously, McKinney, the fight turned so quickly that there was no uh, chance to get a live bet in. I think the title just turned a little quicker here, or a little slower, excuse me. I think also you can, by winning the live bet Dober, you avoid that that possible big explosion from Alves, you know, that big flying knee or big, uh, you know, takedown attempt. I mean, he's he's an explosive guy early on. I think he could have initial success. I think he probably will taper off and he will slow down like he typically does. But um, I, I'm not interested in betting Dober at this chalk uh, pre-fight. I, I honestly kind of think a little, I'm thinking a little contrarian, thinking this fight might go over. I think um, considering you know, Dober obviously took up, I think, 11 or 12 minutes to get submitted by Islam. Uh, Alves, um, you know, I feel like he's just going to not going to want to strike too long. So if he gets hit with some shots, he's going to, you know, try to clinch. He's going to try to grapple. We can kill some clock that way. And I just feel like everyone's kind of thinking this fight's going to go under. And I think we're actually might, uh, you know, see this one uh, somehow go over. Uh, so I'd be cautious with that over-under there. But, uh, you know, gun to my head pick is still going to be Dover, but it's a tough spot. I don't really like any pre-fight bets. That's going to take us to the next fight, welterweight division. Matt Semmelsberger taking on Alex Morono. Semmelsberger minus 160, Morono plus 140. Uh, so competitive fight here. I, I see both angles to the fight. I think Semmelsberger is definitely the harder hitter of the two. I think the, the wrestling upside is on Semmelsberger as well. He also showed pretty good cardio in his last fight versus Fletcher. And then uh, the Morono side, you have the experience advantage, much more UFC experience. And I think an output advantage for his, uh, Morono as well. He does throw a lot of strikes, not a whole lot of substance or power behind them, but he pumps out a lot of volume and he's he's not an easy guy to beat. So I think uh, this has potential to be a close, uh, you know, close fight, probably a close decision. I'm kind of leaning this fight uh, to go to decision as uh, being the best bet I see on the board. Uh, they have GTD at 60% here, minus 150. I think that is, you know, a, a bit generous. I think the most likely finish here is definitely Semmelsberger KO. I'm a bit concerned about that KO betting GTD, but I think, uh, I think the GTD is still the side here. I cap it more like 65, 68% instead of 60%. And I think honestly, money line wise, um, I think Semmelsberger is going to get the win here. I really think he's going to just mix up his striking and the wrestling a, a bit more and, and pull off a decision win. Um, not immensely confident, but I, I like both. I like the mostly the GTD here. So I'll pass it over to you, Ozzy. I mean, honestly, this is a fight that I do not have many thoughts on. I mean, Morono has been a hard guy for me to, uh, you know, get my, you know, get right overall. Cause you know, people can, uh, like take him down. Like, I don't understand why people don't try to take this motherfucker down more often. Cause his ground game is not that good. And, uh, or it's not that it's not that good. His wrestling is not that good. And he kind of accepts bottom positions sometimes. But I don't think Semmelsberg is probably going to wrestle. I think they're going to slug it out a bit. You know, I'm kind of interested maybe in like the Semmelsberger uh, money line as well. 
But I just, I don't really think there's an edge here in this fight. I think it's kind of like priced kind of correctly, more or less. Um, and the prop side of things, like Morono has a pretty solid chin. If you're not, you know, kind of with like crazy power. And I don't think um, Samuelsberger has, you know, significant power at all. So I kind of like that goes a distance. Like I, I would pay the, I would pay the extra juice or, um, I I I do the over uh the the goes distance over the over just because I think if it goes out of like the first round like the these guys like Summersberger got tired in his last fight I could see them uh starting to grapple outside of the first round a little bit you know and clinch and stuff like that um and Morono like throwing leg kicks and kind of just you know trying to counter as well where as Summersberger he um I don't think he's that uh he has that much depth as a striker so I could see um, him being impatient and Morono being able to counter him easily and kind of land shots and pot shot him a little bit. So, you know, I th- I'll pass on the fight money line side. I probably would pick um, Semmelsberger, but I, th- I really think this line is pretty accurate overall. Um, but my main bet probably here, I probably will play that goes distance line, honestly. All right, that's going to do it for the prelims here. We have now five fight main card. Uh, I'd say... It's a decent pay-per-view, really weak main event, obviously, with Nunez headlining. But, uh, you know, some some okay fights starting the uh, the card off. In the light heavyweight division, Magomed Ankalaev taking on Anthony Smith. Ankalaev, 6-1 to one favorite. Smith coming back, plus 400. Uh, your turn to start this one off, Ozzy. What are you thinking here? Don't love this fight. I mean, Anthony Smith, like, another guy that he's weaselly. You know, he has skills everywhere, but... You know, realistically, like, is he beating a guy like Ankalaev often? No, I don't think so. You know, Ankalaev did get stunned a bit by Tiago Santos. Um, that was a fucking horrible fight. Like, he should be condemned for his approach in that fight. But I think he'll pick up a win here. I probably think he'll win by decision. But I don't. I'm not really in the business. Like, I don't really want to bet. Like, fights like these. Like, I don't. I really don't think there's like an edge on in the prop market nowhere because. Anka Live could kill a man. Like he could murder, he could murder a lot of guys at the two hundred five weight class. But he goes on cruise control sometimes. He gives away rounds sometimes. And like what ends up happening with guys is like Nikita Krylov. Nikita Krylov will start getting ahead on Anka Live like in that first round, and then he what ends up happening with those guys? They start point fighting because they're like, oh shit, like I'm winning. Like the shit that I'm doing is working. And, you know, they, they end up fighting, like, a much slower pace. And then Alkalive starts mixing the shit up, you know, trying more. And then he starts clawing the fight back. So, you know, I probably lean goes the distance here just because Anthony Smith is rather tough. He's pretty tough overall. I think he probably goes in with some kind of risk-averse game plan, looks to kick a little bit, avoid the hands, avoid the grappling of Alkalive, you know, digging underhooks. But when this guy gets taken down, he goes to stalling positions and Ankalaev, like his ground pound is not the best and you know i could see this being a fight where like they stand him up a few times because or break him up in the clinch and shit like that so i'll pick Ankalaev and i'll lean for it to go to the cards but i'm not very interested in this uh in this fight 1000 percent agree with everything i mean it's an it's an uninteresting fight and i think it's gonna go to decision here i mean the odds have uh gtd at minus 120 um I mean, it's not worth. I would take the GTD over Ankalaev decision. It's only like a thirty cent difference, but um, 
I think, you know, Smith will approach the fight, like you said, risk adverse. I think he he's a decently smart fighter. I think he's going to try to mix it up, maybe push, push against the cage a bit. And, uh, you know, we've seen just Ankalaev cruise, as Ozzy was saying, man. This guy's cruised in like three wins in a row. Maybe he turns it up here on pay-per-view main card and goes for that finish to, you know, kind of secure himself a, a title shot. But uh, I don't know, man. I really don't see this fight ending inside the distance uh, at, you know, 50%. You know, that's what the odds have it at, 50% of this fight finishing. I don't. I think it's way, way lower than that. So maybe I'm wrong. As you guys know, I have a, I have a bad history of whenever I think the GTD is off by 10% or something like that, I'm usually wrong. So um, I also lost on Ankalaya's last fight inside the distance. And maybe I'm just trying to get it back now on, on GTD. But, man, I really think that Smith is, is tough enough and savvy enough to kind of just wear this one out. Uh, and Ozzy had a great point about those stalling positions. Smith just, he doesn't give up anything, uh, you know, very, uh, volatile. He just kind of lays against the cage and sits there on one knee, like the rakeage fight. So, uh, I, I'll be betting GTD here. Next fight, fight flyweight division, amazing matchup here. Alexandre Pantoja taking on Alexandre or Alex Perez, the battle of the Alex is here. And they, they got Toja minus 182, Perez plus 157. And this is a it's a really competitive fight. Um, I don't have a strong conviction on this fight. I see a lot of people, most people, uh, feeling pretty good about Perez. And I definitely think it's a lot easier to, to bet Perez than, than it is Toja. I mean, I, I think it's out of the question laying the chalk on Toja at, you know, near 65% here. Just because it, it seems like Toja doesn't like being in like high pace fights. This guy is not super comfortable at a high pace. Um, you kind of see him. Uh, he just looks tired like almost all the time when he's fighting. Like the, the Askarov fight, even the cop fight at times in the Roy Vall fight. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he does well under, you know, pressure and high pace. And I don't think there's a whole lot of evidence of Perez, you know, thriving under that pressure considering he hasn't been out of round one and very often i mean i think it's like six of his past seven fights have ended inside round one and the one fight that went the distance uh or the two one or two fights was a win over mark de la rosa and eric shelton who are just bottom of the barrel uh flyweights and now he's fighting a top five uh flyweight in pantoja and pantoja's been top five for a few years now i mean he's a a staple of the division solid boxer really good on the ground with his takedowns and his back takes and i mean i think this is the toughest test uh perez has had outside of uh figueredo by a big margin while pantosha has been just fighting really steady top competition so uh, i think pantosha is definitely the deserved favorite here i think he probably might get out to an early lead when he has his cardio still i could see him getting a good position like a back take but I, I could also see Toja slowing down at rounds two and three like he typically does. And that wrestling grind heavy style of Perez could take over. The calf kicks are going to be a big tool for Perez here. And Perez is a solid boxer of his own right here. So I, I have a bet on this fight. Actually, it is uh, Perez decision only. So uh, if the fight goes to decision, your bet is live. If it ends inside the distance, it's voided. And they have Perez at plus 150, which I think is way off. I think this is a pretty 50-50 fight if it makes it to the decision. So... Uh, I definitely don't knock any bets on Perez. Maybe I'll get there to make a bet of my own, but so far, nothing. And it seems like you might as well wait. I mean, you might as well wait to see where this line keeps going because it seems like Perez keeps going up. So I'll pass it over to you, Ozzy. This is the fight that I am the most interested in this week. Okay, so, I mean, going into this fight, I mean, these guys both have almost 30 
total fights. You know, Perez has a ton of, you know, regional fights and, you know, a few, you know, a decent number of UFC fights. And, I mean, if I'm looking at this matchup, how I handicap, how I've got these guys rated overall and, you know, the, the style matchup, I mean, it screams to me Alex Perez. Like, screams. Like, you know, like Max bet at Alex Perez, honestly. Um, But my big is issue is at 125, he has not gone a hard three rounds. You know, even though he is 11-1 and one in decisions, which uh, is kind of like opposite of Pantoja, right? I mean, he struggles to get down to 125. Uh, the Mark De La Rosa fight that he had that, that did go three rounds was at uh, 135. You know, uh, the Shelton fight where he went three, he missed weight in that one. But, I mean, I think this guy's a freaking killer. Like, I think he could, I mean, if he fought Brandon Moreno, like, I think it's a very competitive fight. It's the main thing is, though, is the weight cut for this guy. But skill-wise, I mean, I think he, and and just matchup-wise, I mean, I think he is the perfect guy to beat Alexandre Pantoja. I mean, you know, people will harp on the submission losses of uh, Perez. And, you know, for sure, he's gotten caught in a few submissions. The the uh, Davison, you know, uh you know, a submission was just bad technique on his part. He should have been chasing the back as opposed to, you know, kind of going towards the guard. And I think that's an easy, uh, easy thing to uh, correct. But if you look at Pantoja's, you know, most of his submission wins, they're rear naked chokes. Like the guy is going for the back. He's going for rear naked chokes. You know, he has like one or two triangles. Like he has like one arm bar, but most of his submissions are rear naked. And for him to do get that position on Perez, I think he's going to either have to you know, significantly outposition him, which I, you know, I, I kind of mentioned when he fought Brandon Royval that Brandon Royval is a complete fake black belt. And you saw that manifest, you know, multiple times there. Like he just clowned Brandon, like Brandon Royval looked like a purple belt in that fight. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case here. Alex Perez is a great wrestler. Um, and you saw in that, you know, cop fight, you know, that third round, end of the second round, like cop is taking this guy down easily. Like, Pant you know, he's getting in on Pantoja's legs and Pantoja's immediately turns around, you know, gives up his back, you know, gives up, you know, fighting for, you know, against the takedown, you know, and all that Askarov fight, same thing happens. Now he is good at, you know, finding the strikes and kind of, he's a, he's just a natural fighter. Like this guy, he, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll uh, he's down to exchange. You saw that in the Davidson Figueredo fight. He's down to exchange. He knows when he needs to claw fight back when he's losing for the most part, you know, the Askar fight, I think was his worst performance overall. But you saw, like, the match now fight, he's getting hit a little bit, and he's like, man, fuck this. Like, you know, I can land on this guy, I could put him away, you know, and he ends up doing that. But I think it's going to be quite difficult for him to do that against Perez. Um, I think Perez is going to invest in that calf kick. I actually like Perez's striking more than Pantoja's, just because Pantoja, like I said, he just starts, you know, throwing blitzing attacks. And Perez, like, he keeps his hands up, you know, pretty well. You know, he he doesn't move his head the best, um, and he, he is susceptible to getting caught with, with a few big shots, and... Like I said, the weight cut, again, is a big thing. You know, I don't know about his chin, how it holds up in later rounds. But matchup-wise, I love Perez in this fight. And you're giving me plus 155, 160. You know, in some areas, it was up to plus 165. I, on the other hand, I see more people, like, very confident in Pantosian. I just don't really see it because I don't think he's going to have much grappling success. You know, he he's going to be kicking at range with Perez. And Perez just so much intent on these leg kicks that he's, you know, chopping into people. And, uh, you know, Pantosian's throwing these body kicks, you know, around. Like, I think that Perez... Eventually, he's going to take him down, hold him down, you know, and, and, and put some ground and pound on him. Um, but I, I do 
kind of see the potential for uh, Pantoja to hurt him later on in the fight, you know, claw these rounds back a little bit. But it's all going to come down to the cardio of Alex Alex Perez, how he could deal with the weight cut, and if he's going to show up. And I think he is. Um, so I'm considering, like, right now is just how big on Perez and how big and what's the right time to get in. You know, I took a little 155 just because I thought that was the top. Obviously, it's not, but, you know, it could come back. But I did think this line would be shorter. You know, I think the opener price is absolutely insane. You know, plus 220, 235 on Perez. Like, this guy's just so competent everywhere. He's just so good, in my opinion. You know, I don't know how other people feel. Um, but I just think he's going to be able to land on Pantoja, avoid a lot of his strikes, take him down when he needs to. And it just all comes down to the conditioning. But like I said, this guy's 11-1 in decisions. And Pantoja's lost just plenty of decisions, you know, in his career. Um, but I think this is going to be a highly competitive fight. You're giving me plus 160 on the dog that I think has a matchup advantage, is pretty hungry as well. You know, a few red flags, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching weigh-ins for sure. I'm trying to get as much information here as I can. I'm trying to hit up as many people as I know uh, that, you know, Onam, like anyone that is in the camp, you know, I haven't gotten anything significant yet, but uh, but I think this is a great underdog spot overall. But, you know, I'm, I think I might come back with the under a little bit, though, because, you know, I think these guys are going to go just go off in the, in this fight. So plus 120, under two and a half. I kind of like it. I, I like that as well. Might be the first person to finish uh, Pantoja if the Perez that I think is going to show up uh, shows up. Yeah, that under is not bad. Um, I'll give a little credit to Toja though. That Ortiz decision and the Askarov decision, I, he has a he has a case to win both fights. Honestly, he did not win that freaking Askarov. No, no, I think there's a good case. There's a good case. He won I remember that fight. That that fight, I had a good money on Pantoja. And I didn't. I think watched the won. fight like even four times, and after like the third time, I started to think that Pantoja won. <laughs> Well, whatever. Yeah, that means he lost. Um, next fight, heavyweight division. Derek Lewis, staple of the the Texas pay per views, taking on Sergey Pavlovich, making his pay per view debut. The line <laughs> here has flipped this week. Pavlovich minus one thirty eight, Lewis plus one eighteen. So early in the week, uh, Lewis was the favorite, and now just steady nonstop action coming in on Pavlovich. Honestly, almost a suspicious amount of action coming in on this guy. I mean, what do you think is going on here, Ozzy? Like, what is everyone betting this guy for? I mean, I just think that they see a guy that has some skills, you know, at heavyweight. They saw Derek Lewis get, you know, as soon as, like, that fight, I don't know, he got knocked out on, like, a big pay-per-view. And, uh, and I mean, look, listen, I'm not betting on fucking Pavlovich. Like, the guy's got some okay boxing, but this dude's thick as fuck. He's kind of, I think he slows down later on just because of how, like, he's got a weird-ass body. Like, he's, you know, he's got a long reach, but he just looks so pudgy up top. And I, I don't think this guy's got any leg strength. Like, he does not squat at all. So, I'm hoping that Derek Lewis could get this guy on the ground and fucking fuck him up. But, I mean, there's not that much technical advice that I could give. You know, Derek Lewis, he keeps his hands down, you know, quite often. He he might get hit with this jab of Pavlovich and the piercing right hand, the like Shamil did. But that Shamil fucking stoppage was BS, dude. Like, like that fight should have kept going. Like, Shamil, he got hurt with that punch, but he was completely fine, you know, uh, after a few of those, uh, few of those ground and pound shots. Um, you know, Derek, I mean, you don't know what, I mean, Derek's been doing this win-loss thing recently, like, I mean, you're giving me plus 120 on Lewis. Like, I think I probably end up taking it or waiting for, like, a, a little bit better, like 124, whatever I could get. Like, I'm trying to get the best price on that. 
But I just think Pravlovich, like, he's definitely could be an absolute fraud here. And uh, he gave up himself against um, Overeem. And, yeah, I don't think he's all, all that great. But I'm probably not going to bet the fight, honestly. But if I get a good enough number on Derek, like, it can't hurt. Like, what? Like how bad could it be? But I don't know. You know, obviously, Pavlovich has way better boxing. Uh, he should be able to land a few punches here. But he's never fought a dude like Derek Lewis. So, um, you know, you get Lewis dog money. I think it's okay. He has fought a guy like Lewis. That his name is Alistair Overeem, but the fight didn't go that well for him. Tough, tough debut. But I mean, I took some Pavlovich at, at plus money. Uh, I mean, uh, but once once he gets to a minus next to his name, you cannot be betting this guy. I mean, uh, he he's a unit. You know, he seems to have pretty good boxing. You got to admit the uppercut he caught Shamil with very nice punch. You know, very fast hands. Um, you don't really know what he's made of outside of that. If we haven't seen him late in fights, we don't know, uh, you know, really much about his grappling. We did see him get taken down in smash versus Overeem on the ground. And Lewis actually attempted and hit a nice little inside trip versus Taito Yavasa there, but wasn't able to keep him down. Um, but you got to think, Lewis, you got to question Lewis's, you know, motivation at this point. I mean, he's never going to get to a title. He lost his uh, past two fights at home in texas and houston this one's in dallas so a bit different but i mean i, I do get the vibe that that lewis is you know just not really putting that much effort into this these days and that's why he really shouldn't be a favorite because also his, his style in general has always been just you know unloading and reloading and a lot of waiting around looking for that kill shot and that's just not a good style to bet a guy as a favorite. He's he's a decent underdog historically, uh, but you can't be betting him as a favorite. That's why I took the Pavlovich at plus money. It's gotten out of hand, though. I mean, Derek Lewis is easily the side at this point. You know, please do not put a single dollar on Pavlovich above, you know, 55% where he's at now. So I'm um, probably just going to be a swinging match in round one. Um, I don't have a great history of betting against Derek Lewis. Uh, and maybe it'll keep going even worse for me here, but um, we'll see how it goes. And uh, I'm sticking with my path at plus money. Co-main event time, a rematch of a flyweight fight that happened back in 2019, I believe. Uh, the former champion, Brandon Moreno, taking on Kai Car France. Interim championship here, five-round fight. The first fight, uh, Kai Car France was getting the better of the exchanges in round one, round one round one unanimously, but then Moreno started turning it up in rounds two and three, hitting some nice body shots and really controlling the fight to, to secure the last two rounds easily. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty clear winner of the first fight, but it's still an interesting rematch. Um, I think it's my turn to start this one off. So, I mean, the, the first the first fight, you know, Kai was landing some, some nice counters, some nice punches, specifically that right hand left hook combination was was catching the chin of Moreno early on. And Moreno has never been a great defensive boxer. He's always had crazy durability and kind of relied on that durability a little bit uh, to, to get him through these fights. But as we saw in his last fight against Moreno, he finally got hurt and got dropped clean by a punch there. And, you know, that might be a sign that all these wars that Moreno has been through it, you know, I think that that damage might might be adding up especially you know uh, he seems like a guy who goes hard in sparring as well so even though he's young i think he might be under 30 still a lot of mileage on moreno and uh, kaikar france is you know an extremely skilled boxer he's been leveling up a lot lately uh showed some good cardio in his past fight versus Askarov. Um, and I think Kai is going to, you know, be live here plus 180. I think he's going to be looking a lot better than plus 180 live here. And you got to think Moreno uh 
the fight favors Moreno the more it goes on. The first fight, that's what happened. Moreno's been five rounds a lot more. He's been five rounds recently. And, uh, you know, he's looked, I think he actually didn't look that great in the last fight against um, Figueredo in the later rounds. But um, still, yeah, I think that cardio advantage is going to favor him. And I just feel like it's going to be a close boxing fight, man. These guys are going to be in each other's faces. They're going to be boxing the entire time. I think it will go into the later rounds, the fourth and the fifth round, even though they will be trading the entire time. But they're they're flyweights. They're little guys. I feel like they're going to be able to absorb each other's biggest shots. And, uh, you know, I think eventually Moreno is probably going to edge out a decision here, maybe three rounds to two, maybe even four rounds to one. But I think Kai is going to look live early. So maybe wait off on any bets here and look to live bet Moreno uh, if he drops a round or two. And I think this one should go over. It should go to the decision. I'm, you know, I feel pretty good about it going into the championship round. So maybe look to play some form of an over here. And, uh, you know, great matchup. Really looking forward to this fight. Yeah, so I mean, this fight, uh, you know, I, I Kai's solid overall. You know, he's not the worst, but he needs moments in some of these fights. Like he's just so apathetic in there. I feel like if he's not having like a lot of success, like similar to that Cody Garbrandt fight where he's like, you know, able to counter him, able to clearly land big shots. Like you saw in the Askar fight, he was kind of just scared of him at some point, like in in terms of their grappling, and he's just not, you know, pulling the trigger. And a lot of his sh- uh, strikes, in my opinion, are kind of like, you know, I mean, I think he could definitely land on Brandon Moreno. Like, Brandon Moreno is not hard to hit, um, in my opinion. You know, he he's kind of, you know, he kind of looks at his work sometimes uh, in there as well. He kind of got connected on by Davison a number of times. But I feel like Davison is a more consistent heavy hitter than Cara France is. Like, Cara France, he could have some of the power in, like, the first round and stuff. But outside of the first round, he doesn't, like, he doesn't really have any like KO wins, I don't really think. Um, he really loads up on and, and kind of leaves. He has that a few strong shots, I feel, but he is accurate when he is able to um put some steam on the shots. So I could see him hurting Brandon early on, but I think Brandon Moreno is gonna be able to work this clinch, these clinch takedowns. Like he hit, I think one or two on Davison, um, that I thought were really, really well timed overall. Um, especially I think in that fifth round he landed a really good one. Um, and I think that that is very live here against Kai. And I think that if he does get Kai on the ground, I think he's going to be able to get some control time, let, put him flat on the mat, maybe progress position to a dominant position. But yeah, I think that Kai has some faults in the conditioning overall. I think he leads to like land, you know, some big strikes in the first like two rounds to be able to win this fight. Um, but I'm not betting on Moreno, like laying 200, definitely not, not my, my thing here. Um, I feel like, yeah, it could, it probably does go later on, but I mean, I feel like Kai's going to be looking to exchange in Moreno early on and I could see Moreno like getting one of these takedowns and starting to like, you know, tee off on him. But I could also see this fight being like you said, the live bet kind of fight where, you know, it's kind of swinging back and forth, both of them having moments. So I will be looking to live bet Brandon Moreno at some point. Uh, opposite to you, I actually did think that he looked very good in those fourth and fifth rounds against uh, Figueredo. And to me, that's as close as a fight can be for the most part. Like, it really came down to those fourth and fifth rounds. And, I mean, I watched it again today, and, I mean, you could definitely score that fight for Moreno. Like, I would not, like, I, I was surprised that it was a unanimous decision for um for Davison, um, and I do think that Moreno probably has a little bit of a gripe there, um, just because I think some of the shots that he was landing were going uh, unnoticed, but were actually pretty solid. 
Um, so I'll pick Brandon Moreno here, and I will be looking for some live entries on him. I think uh, I think this is a solid matchup for him overall. I just think he's able to mix in the kicks and the grappling um, in a way that uh, Cara France is not really that comfortable with. That's going to take us to the main event, the long-anticipated rematch. People have been talking about this fight all over the world since it happened, just eagerly anticipating the rematch. We have the champion, Juliana Pena, as the plus-240 underdog to the former champion, Amanda Nunes, plus or minus 280 on the comeback. And I believe the first fight, the line, clo- the, ooh, the line closed at um, around uh, the line on bet on. Uh, it looked like minus 1,200, minus 1,000 for Nunes, I think plus 700 or something like that on Pena on the comeback. But I saw, I mean, I think, Ozzy, didn't you bet like eight? 870 or something i feel like then you i feel like you bet 800 on pena um is that true uh yeah it was like 840 plus 840 and then even after round one i kind of got in after watching that i was like seven it was like 700 i was like i'm gonna take a little bit more so i made some bags on that that was that was solid but i've lost a lot on amanda nunes fights like i've been trying to fade this woman for like three fights besides the megan anderson fight well, um, yeah, the, the first fight, Nunez, you know, won the first round. She got a takedown. She controlled Pena a little bit. But overall, some competitive grappling exchanges. Nunez didn't really get any super dominant positions. She had a brief back take, I think. And then in round two, man, I mean, Nunez just collapsed. I mean, just started exchanging. Nunez's defense was horrible. She was eating the sloppiest punches. And Pena just, you know, smelled blood and went for it. I mean, the, the best... Pena's striking has ever looked. She just spam punches, and it was somehow enough to, to uh, defeat the greatest woman's fighter ever. Imagine that being the greatest woman's fighter ever, and just a little shitty jab from a lifetime grappler is all you need to just dismantle your entire career. So, um, I talked about the last fight first. What what's your analysis of this fight, Ozzy? What are you looking to bet here? Um, yeah. So, I mean, the first fight it was uh, the over under was lying at one and a half. And now we have a two and a half, right? So the it, it took steam the first fight, you know, close like minus 170, 160. And I think that's like the angle that I'm liking the most here a bit, just because I feel like, you know, even with all the volume that Juliana hit her with, like it was one still kind of competitive. And then two, they both were kind of slowing down a little bit. Like that pace was insane in that first, in that second round. Um, I feel like the takedowns are still live a bit for Nunez. But I kind of like Pena overall, just like just because of like her grit, her uh, competency in the grappling area as well. You know, she just is able to make these women like go into a fight and she she does. She's not Nate Diaz. Let me not put it. But like Nate Diaz, the way he wins a lot of the, the fights like versus Connor, like the first fight was he gives so many opportunities for you to hit him that you get tired to hitting him. And, you know, um. That's not exactly what happened versus uh, uh, Pena, uh, but Nunez just, she was not able, she was trying to put out offense, but it was just not effective. Like she was used to hitting girls and then them just falling over, right? And at this 135 weight class, I feel she just has way less bullets in the chamber and those bullets also are much less potent. Like those right hands, she was hitting her. She was hitting her and throwing pretty solid right hands and jabs and left hooks in that second round. They just weren't doing anything, you know, to Juliana. Juliana was, yeah, she was just, like, totally cool with, you know, eating those. And if you look, the GDR fight was at 135 as well. But that was a fight that went to a decision, right? Um, 
the Holly Holm fight, she landed a head kick on Holly Holm, right? She didn't really, like, land crazy punches on her. So I think there's something lacking with the woman at 135. I feel that Juliana Pena could potentially get some grappling going later on. You know, maybe she might lose the first round again uh, like she did the first fight. But, I mean, I just think the, the changeover, she used to do this, like, split camp bullshit between Washington and Chicago. I think the Chicago team is actually pretty good. You know, they're, 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 they're really leaning into this ovaries, who's got the biggest ovaries um, <laughs> angle, which uh, I brought that up again, like, for Misha Tate. I was, that was an inside joke. I was like, uh, Misha Tate's ovaries could probably fit in the salt shaker. But they t- they're taking it to a whole nother level this weekend. But, I mean, I think it's a little valid with the fact that, like, it's just that this weight class, like, it's not the weight class for Amanda Nunes. Like, she's cutting a decent amount of weight. Like, Juliana's pretty – she's not small, but she makes this weight no issue. Um, I think she could go a hard five if she needs to. Um, And I just think she's going to be able to cook Amanda potentially in some of these areas where um, where Amanda – she's going to get tired. Like, who the, who is this woman, woman training with? Now that she's left AKA, uh, ATT, like she's got that little gym over there, but like she's really training with women that are sparring with her and pushing her. I seriously doubt it. But like I said, I like the over two and a half. I think it'll draw out, play out a little bit further. I think there'll be some clinching in this fight. I think uh, uh, Amanda's going to look to slow the fight down at some points because Juliana will look to push the pace at some points. But uh, but yeah, I, I kind of still lean with the um, Juliana side, even at this like plus. Uh, 220, I guess, is the uh, number here, right? Uh, uh, 240. Oh, 240 is a pretty good, solid number, I feel. You know, 30% for, you know, Pena to potentially finish her or take a decision where uh, Nunez uh, ends up slowing down. You know, I, I like it. So I lean Juliana over two and a half, um, and I think she will keep this uh, keep this belt. Yeah, I'm agreeing with the, the leans there. Um, oh, I'm seeing over two and a half at plus money on Fando. Did that line just pop up or something like that? Um, I think it did. Yeah, it came out earlier today. Yeah, it did. So I, I'm also interested over two and a half. I mean, the first fight was a crazy pace. It obviously unfolded in dramatic fashion, and it still went over one and a half. Right? I mean, I, did, yep. I don't. I just don't see it being that dramatic and, and crazy uh, <laughs> as obviously the first fight. And I mean, Nunez, like you said, she's training at a different camp now. She that was her first time cutting weight down to 135 in two years. So. It's it was sort of expected that she would look she would look terrible, but I mean, man, dude, just how terrible she looked in that fight, and just the way she unraveled. I mean, it, it's got to be just demoralizing. This woman, double champion, hadn't lost in so many years, and then to just lose in such embarrassing and pathetic fashion, tapping to a no hook rear naked choke. Not only did that choke have no hooks, it wasn't even under the chin, like. I, it was like on her fucking like fate, like her lips. Like if like her if nose we saw that in like the prelims from like Ryan Span or something like that, we'd be like, oh, that's that's some fucking weak shit. And this is allegedly the greatest woman's fighter of all time, tapping to uh, a choke with no hooks and not even under the chin. I mean, it's just crazy. And I really think it's got to be, you know a big mental hurdle to overcome here. I'm not sure Nunes is going to be able to overcome this. I mean, this might be the end of Nunes, honestly. Um, and like you said, a great, great point about who she training with. That's a huge factor here. Uh, Peyton has got all the confidence in the world. She, um, she definitely seems like a little bit better at this 135 weight class. I think we have a little bit less to worry about with her making the weight cut. And man, I don't have any extreme analysis for this fight. I don't like, I don't like rematches that much. I don't like Nunes fights. Um, 
So, you know, this is definitely not a fight I'm really looking forward to. But I, I hope Pena does it again. I hope she pulls it off. I kind of agree with what with Ozzy was saying is Nunez probably might win early on here with her grappling again. I'm not sure, man. It, it's hard to it's hard to tell what Nunez's approach is going to be here. Is she going to be scared of the striking? Because that's where it really all went bad for her last time. Maybe she grapples super heavy. Maybe she slows down again. I don't think that she can sustain a grappling heavy pace with Pena for more than uh, two rounds without slowing down. I think Pena's grappling cardio is just way better so i'm hoping this fight goes over i'm hoping Payne wins i think i'm gonna place uh one unit on that over uh you know right after the podcast ends at plus money it's the best uh, price available on the market and uh you know i think i think it might even continue to get bet so i think i'm going to be taking that that Payne over and uh i mean i'm just gonna be taking the over and i hope Payne can get it done but um you know no real strong convictions on that fight obviously and that's going to do it for this week 13 fights down um that brings us to our best bet parlay of the week back-to-back weeks of winners uh, i forget what the week prior was oh it was burgos for me and ricky for you burgos shaky bet ricky great bet uh last week again for me shaky bet on my uh goes the distance on the wood rosa you had a great bet on uh on Jack easily covered that price. So what's it going to be this week, Ozzy? What I think you should, I think, I think you should go first. I think I should go first. So, I mean, honestly, I was in a, if Kim was still plus money, I would have done Kim. Cause I just think she's in a freaking jab this woman up. You know, a lot of these fights, like I have a few bets like this week, but a lot of them have been kind of like moving a little bit, like Dante Mays and, you know, a number of those bets. Um, no, I kind of I want to do Perez. Like I feel money line wise, like I feel Perez is like the best, you know, value bet on the board. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm not gonna do that one. I'm gonna do the one we just talked about. I'm gonna do the Pena Nunez over two and a half. Um, as my, mm, mm. Mm, you know what? I'm going with Alex Perez. Okay, I like you. I, like I it. just, I just like him overall. Like, yeah, could he get caught a little bit here? Yes, but I mean, how this, like, we argued on spaces last fucking night. How this fight is gonna play out? I think you're gonna feel so good, uh, as long as this guy doesn't have a botch weight cut. And you know, if that happens, the fight's fucking canceled. Um, I think you're gonna feel real good having an Alex Perez ticket as this fight is playing out. So I take Alex Perez on the money line, uh, plus one fifty-seven or one sixty, depending on if we do. Bet online. It's on dra- or, uh, I'm ke- I'm keeping him with DraftKings, and uh, so plus one sixty for Perez, um, and then I'm taking Maze ITD plus one thirty. I'm taking a plus money prop. I really think Maze is going to stop this guy in, in the second or third round, probably from top position like he just did. And um, that's going to be two Let's plus money. That plus one thirty, plus one sixty comes out to plus four ninety eight. So five hundred odds on this one. Let's see if we can keep that momentum going. Back to back winners Ooh. and back to back profit in in uh, weeks. So uh, you know, historically, I feel like pay per views aren't our strongest suit, Ozzy. But not the best, not know. the best. But I feel I'm I feel like I'm honing in. I mean, I'm getting CLV on all these lines, obviously, but. I'm feeling good about this. Like I'm spreading myself out a little bit on this card, and uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm liking the 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 uh, 
prospects of it. Me too. Me too. I'm going to, I'm going to put in some bets now for sure. I think I'm going to put in three more bets. So make sure you check that out on my uh, bet MMA. My picks are all up there for free. Um, Aussies are uh, behind a little bit of a wall, but you can always get them from him. Um, and uh, that'll be, that'll be everything. Any- fucking told, I fucking told these people basically everything I'm fucking. That's betting. true. That's true. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. Just listen to the fucking podcast, bros. Uh, any, any closing thoughts here, Ozzy? No, not really. Just, you know, I'm, you shit all over that main event, but like I said, I told you, Juliana winning that title was a, for me, a religious experience, mm-hmm. and I hope that she fucking smashes Amanda Nunes after 12 and a half minutes, round three submission, ideally. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to this card. So let's Yeah, I'm, that was the hardest I've ever laughed during a pro MMA fight uh, was that Nunes fight. I, I love that. So um, some CFFC, some LFA this weekend. Uh, LFA, LFA, you're going to have to, you see, if you... I got some good ones for LFA. I got some good ones. Contender for series is back, like you said. Body bags picked up a good win. Ryzen's going on Saturday, uh, Saturday, Sunday morning, or something like that. So, a lot of fights going on. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week before the next UFC. Thank you all to listening. Hope you all win some bets this weekend, and we'll see you all before the next UFC card. Peace out, everybody.